Welcome to From the Den Podcast, providing Bears and NFL fans alike with compelling news, discussion, and debate. I'm your co-host, Benjamin, joined alongside my dear friend and co-host, Orin. Hey, Benjamin, let's get right into it. As always, kickoff starts now. Welcome to From the Den, episode 32, where today we're going to be discussing week nine, full of very interesting games. For oh, us and week 10, and we're going to be giving our predictions, of course. Not, not, not too happy. We're not too happy after last week, but interesting week nine. Uh, we interesting week nine, interesting week ten games. I realize that if we like, if I say Benjamin, say your takeaways from week nine, you're going to take all of my takeaways. So we're just going to go one by one. You say a takeaway, I say another. Yeah, back and forth. I have to look through the games here, man. I don't know if there are that many crazy games to be honest to say takeaways. Um, okay. I'll start with Bill's Seahawks. Seahawks are definitely beatable. Um, and I think that we should have come to that conclusion earlier, considering that a lot of the games they played were close and not against particularly good teams like the Patriots and Vikings. But um, Seahawks are definitely beatable. And then I'll also say the Bills are, I guess, better than we were because they were definitely a downward trend. The Bills are still contenders. I wouldn't call them Super Bowl contenders, though. Um it's always interesting when you have these uh, high-impact games uh, when a winner is proclaimed, if it says more about the winning or losing team. So I think right now this game, Bill's Seahawks says more about the Seahawks being beatable because they were undefeated only a few weeks ago. All right. On to Dolphins-Cardinals. Before the year, me and you both predicted the Dolphins. I'm not sure we predicted the Dolphins, but neither of us were very high on the Dolphins. Yeah, they've been – I mean, I think it goes a lot to the coaching. Sorry to press you on. 100%, but – we weren't high on the Dolphins, not because we were going to, not because like, oh, they're not going to be good, because they're not a talented roster. And I'm not going to say that they're, for being a, what's their record? For being a five and three team, they might have some of the least talent. They're, they're actually five and three. Yeah. And a first, I think five, the Dolphins have the most underrated defense in the NFL. I 100% agree. But for a five and three team, they have, oh, yeah, of course. Talent. I agree with the saying with Taylor. And they're coaching and everything. Culture, coaching, everything is elevating them. And honestly, I'm kind of scared for the NFL if Tua develops. They have they have first round picks next year. They have a first round pick from the. I have to see the highlights from this game. To be honest, I didn't see that much from it. But um, Tua definitely didn't look great in the Rams game. Like I mentioned last week, that defense definitely carried them. Tua, Tua played well against the Cardinals. He had like a good good quarterbacking game, not just for oh, a rookie. Okay. But um. The thing about the Dolphins is that, like, they have the Texans' first-round pick next year. It's going to be a high pick. They have their first-round pick. Oh, they have okay. a lot. So they're putting it together. They're using your formula, Warren. It seems like. Yeah, they're gonna. They're about to build this team around Tua. So yeah, they could, especially since the Patriots' division is wide open. This is a good time. I don't know if the Bills can sustain success. Success, to be honest. Keep your eyes out for the Dolphins this year and to come. I agree. All right, your takeaway. My takeaway, I feel like I had one, but give me one second. Oh, yeah, Buccaneers. Wow. I guess I can't really have a takeaway. My takeaway is that hold your horses on this Buccaneers team, basically. Yeah. Um, at the start of the year, I was ready to call them off, say, yes, this whole year is going to be a growing pain year. Then a few years, weeks down the line, especially after the Packers game, I said maybe a takeaway would be this Buccaneers team is legit. They're Super Bowl contenders. Now I'm not sure. I'm not saying that they 100% have maybe the highest score in the NFL uh, in terms of a unit, if you just look at their offense and defense, but there's a, a lot that needs to click. And right now it's definitely not all coming into play. 
Um, so if they do get it figured out by the end of the season, then I think that they are a Super Bowl contender. I think they will make the Super Bowl. But I don't really – like, I don't see everything going well with them between Antonio Brown not being a disruption, everybody staying healthy, et cetera. Uh, so for now, this Buccaneers team is too unpredictable for me after they just lost 38-3. to And I guess maybe we should have been saying more scores. Um, so up and beat the Cardinals. You have a takeaway? Well, sorry, say what you're saying, and then I have a question. Speaking of overlooking, I at one point did say the Saints were going to miss the playoffs after a few weeks. Yeah, now, yeah, I thought that was definitely an overreaction. I think now they're the number one seed. Whether it's Buccaneers or Saints winning the division. Now it is that now they're the one seed, and they're looking very good the for the playoffs. Really the one seed. Wow, that's actually very surprising. So the, yeah. the Saints have only lost two games also? Yeah. That's interesting. So I guess it must be because of head-to-head or points or one of those things that they're ahead of the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, your- so do you have another takeaway? I have a, one more, I guess. Yeah. Give me your takeaway. Um, well, actually, well, I had a question. Do you have any takeaways about the Cardinals after the loss to the Dolphins? Like I always uh, like to say, can you say more about the Cardinals or the Dolphins after that game? No, it was more about the Dolphins than the Cardinals. The Cardinals played a good game, 31 points. They – they sh- they did show their defense was playing good football, but I don't think yeah, it was people are starting to like the uh, Cardinals defense. But they still allowed thirty four to, you know, this unit, this Dolphins unit is all right, but I'd say at best they're middle of the pack. So I don't if you're gonna yeah. want you want to call the Cardinals defense elite, they're great. They shouldn't have been allowing that much. Okay, well think about it. The Dolphins have a rookie quarterback playing in his second start. Their starting running back is injured, so they're putting in a backup. They yeah, have. Can I say something about the Dolphins defense or Cardinals defense? No, you're talking about the Cardinals, but I'm saying they're playing a backup quarterback, right? The Cardinals are playing a backup quarterback? You're not a backup quarterback. You're playing a rookie quarterback in a second start, backup running backs. Yeah, so then why do their defense so badly? No, I'm saying is that people people started to say, oh, this Cardinals defense actually isn't that bad. But I think that they're, they, they're, not, uh, they're not like below, like they're not terrible, but I don't think they're above average. Yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Maybe I, my point was clear earlier. I was saying people think the Cardinals unit is so good, but they just allowed 34 to an average of best unit. That's fair. I agree. Um, also, I can't think of like a specific takeaway to say for Jets Patriots, but a great game, I'll say. All yeah. there, there's a lot of, but at some point it's like there are two bad teams. I guess it evens it out and that's what happened here. We got a great game between the Patriots and Jets. Patriots pull away. Jets aren't winning anything except the first round pick. Boom. That's my little thing. I like that. Um, one of the worst teams I've ever seen, but maybe Joe Flacco can pull something together. I guess that could be a takeaway. The Patriots are also just going nowhere. And it'll be interesting to see, do you think Belichick can turn around this organization within the season, within the next few seasons? Can Belichick? Yes, he will. Everyone's saying that Belichick isn't coaching well. But you also have to think about something. Belichick has had a franchise quarterback for 20 years. This is the first time he hasn't, right? You don't know his philosophy. Yeah, give him a second. I, yeah. I 100% agree. Belichick is the type of coach that's so smart. His job is secure, period. The reason why tanking doesn't work is because the general manager's job is on the line. If they have three losing seasons or four losing seasons, they're not going to stay general manager, right? So it's very hard for a team to tank because the general manager isn't going to tank because their job is at the line. Yeah, Tom, exactly. Bill Belichick's job isn't at the line. Yeah, so they have, t- I'm sure this organization has absolute faith in Belichick after this. Exactly. After 20 years, him being the best coach I mean, ever. Not after this in terms of this season, but you know what I'm saying. 
yeah, I think that give them two or three years, they're going to have an elite quarterback and they're going to be competing for the competing in the playoffs again, because they're going to be a well-coached team. Honestly, I really think that no matter what they're going to be thinking about it, they have no wide receivers right now, no running backs, no tight end. They have Cam Newton who's playing bad football. Yeah. They have one. If you're just looking at talent alone, they have one of the worst weapons in the NFL, I'd say. Yeah. One of the worst roster offenses in the NFL. So honestly, even though Bill Belichick clearly has a goal isn't to win because they, I think they're to begin the season. It felt like they were trying to win games, right? Yeah. They, they kept it close against Seattle and we thought those would be two good teams by the end of that game. So I guess like looking back, like I was saying, that game says more about Seattle and that they keep it close no matter the team they're playing. Yeah. But also it felt like new England just snapped at some point. Right. And I felt like, I honestly know this may be stupid, but it went from Bill Belichick. He thought, Oh, I'm going to win with this team. And he realized, wow, I can't win with this team. I'm going to tank. I'm going to yeah, do I this. Mean, I haven't seen how they yeah. played lately, but it'll, it'll also be interesting to see if they don't get Trevor Lawrence, presumably do they draft a quarterback? Cause Cam has not been great for them to say the least. He started off hot and lately he has been fumbling and some turnovers. Great point. All right, let's get into it. Our- he did lead a good winning drive. Um, so yeah, moving on. Predictions. Me and Benjamin both predicted the Titans to win before. Yeah, we're filming this on Saturday night. Yeah. So yeah, at least, you know, we're being honest when we make our predictions for Thursday night. We both picked the Titans to win. Um, but to be fair, I was not very sure about my pick. Maybe if I thought it out on loud. Maybe if I thought it out out loud on a podcast and had Oren picking the Titans already, I would have changed my pick to the Colts. Because I think the Titans and the Colts are both two fairly unpredictable teams. They both have, or the Titans have more of an electric offense, but it can also stall at points. And this Colts defense, um, it looks like one of the best units in the NFL, but then it gives me hesitation since it got totally destroyed by the Bengals, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I think the Browns, at least the, I, definitely the Browns. So there are some times when the Colts defense just gives in. Um, and I thought unmovable object versus, what is it? <laughs> I thought, you know, one of the best defenses in the NFL versus Derrick Henry, I thought Derrick Henry would prevail. But these past two weeks against the Bears and Colts defense, he struggled. And that's the, like their, their, their team, the Titans team moves through Derrick Henry. So um, Colts win 34-17, Orin and I start off are these predictions for week 10, 0, and 1. So that's not great. Moving on, Texans, Browns, or talk me up. Talk it up. I'm going to pick the Browns. I could see the Texans coming in here, winning this game. But it feels like the Browns beat up on bad teams and lose to good teams. The Browns, the Browns have had a bye before this week to get healthy. They get Nick Chubb back. The Texans' biggest weakness right now is their run defense. And when you play the Browns with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, they're, the running backs, whoever comes into the game, is going to be fresh and ready. They're just – I think that they're one of the best running teams. And not even that. They have Kevin Stefanski, who's a run-oriented, run-oriented offensive mind who came from Minnesota, which we saw what he did there. And, I mean, I, I don't think that this is going to be a – I don't think that the Texans can win this one. How have the Texans been doing lately? Honestly, I forgot. Like, have they won their last two games? They were on a yeah. bye last week. They beat they beat the Jaguars. They beat the Jaguars and who did they play before that? Week eight. They lost to the Packers. They lost to the Packers. You're right. Okay, so it's not like they've been that great since Bill O'Brien got fired. No. Um. Hmm. 
Again, unpredictable teams. I mean, again, I, I think I could see the Texans winning. I just uh, Deshaun Watson is always good for a deep touchdown to Will Fuller. He's got Brandon Cooks also. So maybe they could put it together this game. Hmm. Give me the Texans. Honestly, why not? Give me the Texans. I, I don't like picking the Browns. It's too like, I mean, maybe if they're underdogs, but if I don't like picking them if they're projected to win just because they're unpredictable. Um, high scoring game, I anticipate. This Texans have a bad defense, but the Browns, the, I mean, I understand why the Browns is a smart pick because the Browns also have Miles Garrett. They have a pretty solid defense. The Texans defense isn't that good, blah, blah, blah. Why not give me the Texans in this game? All right. On to Lions. An game here, Lions versus Washington. And I, I'm going to pick the Lions because I think that the Redskins, I'm pretty sure the Redskins are starting Alex Smith, your pick for comeback player of the year. My pick. Yeah, I, I think if he plays well the rest of the year, he could win it. Yeah. I'm I, talking about Big Ben's injury, so. Yeah, but Big Ben is leading the only undefeated team in the NFL right now. That's fair, but no one's – I haven't heard any storylines about Big Ben's injury. I feel like that's been kind of forgotten in all the other things going on now. Yeah, but no one's just going to give it to, like, Alex Smith because, like, he's not good at – We'll see. We'll see how he plays. It's also kind of surprising to me that he was, like, the third string, and he was wasn't the best quarterback in the NFL, but he was an average to above-average quarterback on the Chiefs. I guess maybe he was a system quarterback because he was no Mahomes, I'll tell you that. Yeah. But um, so who you got? You said you got the Lions? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I could pick against you again just to be fun. Um, no, I see the Lions getting a win here. I picked the Vikings to win last game. I think the Lions win here. Washington does have a good defense, but uh, their offense is pretty bad. So give me the Lions. Buccaneers versus Panthers, an interesting game. Panthers are without C-Mac, which is big loss for them and for my fantasy football team. Um, I feel like you, you, you were talking more about your fantasy football team than the Panthers, but... Yeah, yeah, it's not a big loss for the Panthers, only for me. Um, no. I say big bounce-back game for Tom Brady. He doesn't usually struggle twice in a row, although he did once this season. I predicted him to go off against – I don't remember what team it was. It was after he had a bad game. I had him – I predicted him to go off, but he played another bad game. Anyway, um, I could pull that up while you're talking, but anyway – I see Tom Brady having a bounce back game. Panthers are good. They can compete, but they're also without C-Mac now. Um, I wouldn't be super shocked if Panthers get a win here, but give me the Buccaneers. Yeah. The Buccaneers have lost three games. They lost week one. Week two, they proceed to win by 14. They lost to the Bears week five. Week six, they proceeded to beat one of the best teams in the NFL in the Packers by 28, and it wasn't even 28. The Packers scored 10 garbage time points, 38. They lost last week by 35 to the Saints. They're coming back. Statement win. Buccaneers win by more than 10. Maybe I thought he was going to do well against Carolina. I'm not sure. Anyway, the the last week, he Tom Brady didn't play too well, but they still got the win. So I guess that says something. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see if Antonio Brown gets more involved and which wide receiver on the Buccaneers roulette has the – I get some majority of the workload. We'll see how that progresses moving throughout the year. Okay, Eagles-Giants, a game that sadly has big implications for this division probably because they're all so bad it evens out. Um, I think the Giants aren't that bad just talent-wise alone. They've got some good players in the defensive end. That's throwing Shepard, of course, no Saquon. But um, also, like, I think the Giants are pretty good. Eagles are probably underperforming. 
Giants could maybe pull an upset win here. I don't know. You tell me what you think. Um, you know what? I'm gonna tell you a statistic. Daniel Jones, I think it has he has one, two, three. Um, I think he has what's the um the Giants have two wins. I think he has five career wins. Four of them are against the Washington football team. I know, I've heard about that. The other one was against the Dolphins last year, which weren't a good team. The Eagles are coming off a bye. Their knock was being injured. They get Jeffrey back. They get Miles Sanders back. Offensive line is less injured. Fletcher Cox is, I don't think, out. I think he's going to play. They're just not a binged-up team anymore. And while they're not elite, they're going to be a way better team when they're healthy. They came off a bye. And I think that bye is going to be big for them. I see the Eagles winning this game by big. Yeah, everything you said just made sense. But I'm feeling a little crazy this week, Ken. Give me the Giants. I don't know why. I feel a little crazy. Did the Giants even win last week? Yeah, they beat the Washington. So maybe that'll be inspiring. I don't know. Ben, you want to be even crazier than what you just said and have the Jaguars beating the Packers? No, that's actually an insane pick. Yeah. This I'm picking the over on this game. I'm taking the over in whatever. What do you think the line is? 10? Uh, probably like 13. I think I'm picking the over because um, I expect Aaron Rodgers to tear this team apart, and Jacksonville does not have a great offense. It's fourteen. James, James Robinson could rack up some yards, I'll tell you that. But what will happen is maybe James Robinson will do well at the start, but then they got to punt another drive like they score. Maybe they, Okay, here, we're ready? Jacksonville scores a touchdown early. Packers respond with a passing touchdown. Uh, Jacksonville's got a punt. Packers get another touchdown, and it comes to a point where Jacksonville has to keep throwing uh, instead of relying on the run, which the Packers' weakness is run defense, and then that all stalls, and then the Packers pull away big. You see what I'm saying? The Packers might have one of the, if not the worst run defense in the NFL. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying I, I think that Jaguars are going to be down by so much that they're going to have to throw. Exactly, because if you look at yards per game, right, the Packers <laughs> don't allow that much. It's not that bad. Because think about it. When you're playing the Packers, you're not running the ball that much. Yeah, unless you're Dalvin Cook and the Vikings. Who yeah. And the one time that they actually could run the ball, do you see what Dalvin Cook did? Yeah, exactly. That's that's unrelated to the point. We're talking about – sorry, I, I my, what's it my schedule got messed up. Here. Packers, Jaguars. I'm picking the Packers. I don't think I need. To, I don't think I really. Need yeah, to. we talked about this for a surprisingly long amount of time. Let's move on to a better and more interesting game. Looking down here, we've got a lot of interesting games. So, Bills Cardinals. Tell me what you got. Wow, you know, I'm very interested in this game. Yeah, I, they are very unpredictable teams. Again, this will be a statement game. As a, as a Bears fan, if the Cardinals lose, that's huge, huge for the Bears. Very huge, but. Ah, Josh Allen had one good game against the worst secondary in the NFL and had four straight bad games. I can't pick the Bills in this one. I'm going the Cardinals. Josh Allen is overrated. He's not bad. Wow. He was looking so good, and then he's just been on a slump lately, aside from against Seattle. But no matter – even if Seattle has a bad defense and it was a fluky stat line, good game is a good game, and it's I think it's inspiring for the team, so that could be something. Yeah, 100%. But, I mean, we'll see. They're also playing the Cardinals, who are a better defense. Yeah. Um, a year ago, if you had said the Bills' defense is worse than the Cardinals, that would have drawn some crazy reactions. But that might be true now. 
I think I'm going to pick the Cardinals as well. All right. Chargers I... Dolphins, another super interesting game. Um, roster alone, the Chargers have such a better team, but the Chargers cannot get wins. Uh, and that was the case again last week. Who do they lose to? The Raiders. On the yeah, last the Raiders, I mean, in... always coming down to the last play with them. Such a shame. Uh, and then the Dolphins on the other side don't have a great roster, but they're finding a way to get wins. So, Oren, what do you think about this one? You know what? I think Justin Herbert is going to have a very bad game. He will throw. Oh, he better not. He will throw more interceptions than touchdowns this game. More interceptions than touchdowns. He hasn't had more than one interception his whole time. I can see what you're saying. They got a pretty good pass defense. He is going to have more interceptions than touchdowns. That's pretty. That's how many interceptions? Passing touchdowns. Three He's going to throw three interceptions and two touchdowns. That's interesting. Hmm. I think he'll have a long play, but he could still have a bad game. Uh, I see where you're coming from, but give me the Chargers. Why not? It's still yeah. too I still don't trust him that much. And although I see what you're saying, he's a rookie, just looking at him play, of course, I could be biased because I want him to succeed because of fantasy football, of course. He's just great. He has just been excellent. He's great under pressure. Um, he hasn't thrown more than one interception in a game, I believe thus far um so i understand the pick that you want to pick against the rookie but thus far he's been excellent um the dolphins defense is a tick above average maybe top 10 but i don't think that that should phase him too much uh so give me the chargers why not why not fun pick all right broncos broncos raiders <laughs> broncos raiders um Raiders. hmm there shouldn't be too much thought into this but I don't know. The Raiders seem to let bad teams get it close, like against the Chargers. They all, it's always a close game with the Raiders, I'd say, no matter the team. Tell me what you think, because I can see you picking the Broncos, but also the Raiders. I'm going to pick the Raiders, but on a game-winning field goal. Wow, there you go. Close games, like I said. Um, you know what? Give me the Broncos. I'm going crazy this week, because Drew Locke has actually looked pretty good in his past few games. They got Noah Fant if he's healthy back, and this they have a pretty bad pass defense, so maybe this is a game where Drew Locke can do his thing. Um, as for the Raiders, I don't know. I mean, they can do everything, but they drop. They seem to drop a few bad games. Give me the Broncos. And to, I would say game of the week. Oh, and I don't even know. We should keep track of what we went at some point, but I don't even know what yeah. I went last week. All right, and to, I would say the game of the week. Yeah, See there are a lot of great games. Now, I want to say that this game will be great. Jared Goff is going to bounce back. I can see Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. They're going to go for over 300 yards just themselves. Wow, that is crazy. Wow. That is crazy. Over 300 yards. Oh, you pick the Rams? Now, this is my problem. I don't see Russell Wilson losing two in a row, but has he? I think he did. Wait, wait a second. Week eight. Have you dropped the last two games? No, 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 no. The 49ers. I'm going to pick the Seahawks here, but I can, I'm can. i seeing Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. This is the game for Cooper Cup. I picked him in fantasy because he has these boomer, boomer bust games. Oh, this yeah. Here comes a big boom. I'll tell you that boom, no matter what. Boom game. Yeah. 37 points. No, I'm joking. That would be insane, but no. Um. 
Yeah, I got to pick the Seahawks also. I was pretty high on the Rams to start the year. I think they still do have the potential, but they're dropping too many games for me to like them. And I don't think that this tough Rams defense will phase the Seattle too much. I think Russell Wilson can get it done in tight situations as opposed to Jared Goff. And um, Seahawks are without some running backs, but they'll be able to fill it in with DJ Dallas. Um, give me the Seahawks also. All right. On to the Steelers Bengals. I really just want to gloss over this game and say the Steelers, but then again, we did that last week and. And yeah, it ended up being pretty close. Look, look how that took us there, but no, I'm going to pick the Steelers here. I mean, the, I, I don't know. My, my idea last year was last week was that Steelers, it's a backup quarterback from the XFL. Steelers have the best defense in the NFL. Steelers should dominate. Steelers didn't rise up to the occasion. Now, I've seen the Steelers rise up to the occasion multiple times this year, but I don't know if they're going to do this against the Bengals. I think that last game was a very disappointing game for that Steelers defense, and I think that they're going to, they, they came into the game thinking, wow, it's going to be easy. They probably spent this whole week regretting it and feeling like that game against a bad Dallas team with a Maybe back. They regret it. I mean, you never know that. A win's a win. Yeah, but I mean, you always look back at a game and say, wow. But anyway, what's your point? Because I want to get to something, too. My point is I'm picking the Steelers. Okay. Uh, you know, you had your prediction about a rookie quarterback. I've got a prediction about Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow gets sacked twice as many times or more than the amount of touchdowns he throws. So if he throws two touchdowns, I think he throws, I think he gets sacked four or more times. Three touchdowns, six or more times. I'm sorry. I think uh, the NFL is going to feel sorry for Joe Burrow after this game because he has no protection. And I could just see the Steelers team pummeling him all day. He's a rookie quarterback. He's still inexperienced. And this Steelers quarter, this Steelers team loves to put pressure with TJ Watt and that dominant defensive line. So I think they're going to wreak the most havoc. I'm going to feel bad for Joe Burrow. He's going to fumble the ball at least once, I'd say. Got to feel sorry for the guy. But that's my prediction. He gets sacked twice as much or more as the touchdowns that he throws. All right. On to Saints 49ers, which I honestly think isn't the worst game ever. It's not amazing. It's not the worst. I'm going to say I'm still going to pick the Saints, but like. Yeah, 49ers are a lame team. I know you used to love them. I don't know what you think about them anymore. I mean, I got to pick the Saints. Come on. Yeah. I, Ravens, I'm sure the, um, I loved how the 49ers played last year, but I was not a big fan of them coming into the year. And I don't know if you remember me saying this, but I said that Super Bowl slump, I get it didn't happen for the Chiefs because they were insane. And I was wrong about the Chiefs, but I was right about the 49ers yeah. and they were slump. Um, and I said, yeah. and I said yeah. that teams without – I said teams without a sustainable quarterback after a Super Bowl year usually slump. Well, to be fair, their quarterback has also been injured half the time, so I think that the excuse is going to be made. But I have to agree they would not be doing as well as they did last year, even if everyone stayed healthy throughout the entire year. But, um, okay, Ravens-Patriots. I'm sure the NBC broadcasting crew was super excited when they could steal this game for Sunday Night Football. But let me tell you, Right now, I don't think they're super excited. I think most of the NFL is excited that you got the lackluster Patriots team going up against the Ravens. Um, although the Ravens, I mean, the Patriots kept it close and won the last primetime they've been on, which was last week. Kind of remarkable they've been in primetime two weeks in a row. Um, give me the Ravens, obviously. Hopefully, it'll be at least an entertaining game. 
give me the Ravens as well. I mean, I don't really have much to say. Um, I mean, yeah, give me the Ravens. All right, let's talk about the Bears, baby. So we're just going to jump right into um, the most pressing topic on the Bears right now, Matt Nagy giving up his play-calling duties. What do you think about that? Do you think that was the right decision? Was it too late, too early? Um, and will it change anything? So I will say that I don't think it'll change anything. I, when you watch Matt Nagy, he doesn't make that many stupid calls. People, people always call him out for making stupid calls here and there. He might not be perfect. He might not be elite, but that being said, neither is Bill Lazor. Bill Lazor has I, Bill Lazor had one year as an offensive coordinator where his team was above above average, and he's had I think three straight. His past three seasons have been below like below like twenty two. His, his offense being above average, or just his team? offense? Offense. Yeah. Was he calling plays as a coordinator? I'm not sure, but what I not good. What I will say is that I think it's the perfect time to do it for the Bears. They have a bye after this week. They have the whole so week. Sort things out if, like, if it doesn't work in, in this week. Exactly. If it works, great. If not, but they the have – One problem is, like, I think that – and we'll get into the Bears-Vikings. I think that Nagy could pull off a win against the Vikings anyway. He's been 4-0 against the Vikings. So it might be kind of a flash in the pan where you think the laser was good. But, I mean, we'll, we'll discuss the laser's play calling in depth hopefully after next week um to see if it were a fluke if we'll just to see what happens but what i think is that people now are looking at trubisky and saying wow maybe he was just in a bad system like naggy is terrible but i really don't think naggy is that bad he can't call a run game that's fair but also he might be bad at calling run plays but when you look at the offensive line they're getting beat and Montgomery has nowhere to go. And that I understand there are weaknesses, but a good coach should be able to adjust around those weaknesses. Um, he shouldn't be no. trying to keep shoving the ball to the middle. And there are just plays, a few plays every year that make me question just his play calling ability. Even if there are some that make people open and if the offensive line or folds it messes up, um, you should be aware that if you're running a play that would work so perfectly, but it takes 10 seconds to set up, you've got to recognize that Foles can't make the throw. Like, so let's say Foles misses a throw. Of course, he's going to get blamed for it and deservedly so, probably. But um, if you're Nagy, you have to also recognize your capabilities of your offense and scheme to that. And that has been a problem throughout his tenure of trying to squit a <laughs> squit, trying to fit a square peg into a round hole in terms of with Mitchell Trubisky, especially in 2019, calling different plays for him. And although the Bears' offense is not perfect talent-wise, Nagy has to recognize that. If he wants to be a great coach, great coach scheme around their team. Um, and we've talked about this in depth in several episodes. But I'm just going to say, um, you should stop making excuses for him, uh, even if it seems like it's the players themselves that are messing up. Nagy has to recognize that and call different plays. No, 100%. But again, Nagy isn't an elite coach, and I'm not arguing he is. What I am saying is that I don't think – I think that everyone in Chicago was so happy that Nagy gave up play calling. And I think people will tend to realize that even though Nagy's not elite, I don't think that the blame needs to be put on Nagy. Obviously, Nagy could have made it better, but Nagy could have made it worse. I think he's an average NFL coach who has huge strengths and weaknesses, and he needs to figure out how to exploit those strengths and weaknesses, right? 
Yeah, he's also just dropped three straight. I don't know. I'm losing patience in the Nags there. But what I am saying is that maybe it is him, right? I don't know. I'm just watching games and seeing the routes he's calling, all right? But what I will say is that after this week, it'll say a lot about them. The Bears' offensive line yeah, is getting... of course, but also it's so... Um, the Bears just played three straight bad teams, so of course Nagy is going to seem worse. Now they're playing the Vikings, a team that they beat four times in a row, and they have a below-average record. They're under 500. So again, um, I'm scared of maybe Laser. They say La- they get the win here, and people say, oh, you should keep him in. But really, uh, if Laser had been playing in those three previous games, he would have done even worse than Nagy, you know? But I guess no, the concept would really come to it. But what I will say is that I think the tight the Vikings have a better defense than the the Vikings have a better defense than the Titans, so you can compare the offense from the Vikings game to the Titans game. Do you understand what I mean? Uh, yeah, Bill, I guess, yeah, I guess I understand what you're saying. Right. Matt Nagy has a winning record. Matt Nagy has never yeah, had a season where he's been below 500. Yeah, people. But are it's always a question of uh, is the coach bring the team to their highest success level and they're just never going to be able to be elite or is it that the coach is really holding the team back from being elite you know no. Nagy brought them to the place that they can be or is Nagy holding them back from the place that they can be no 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 I understand what you're saying and what what I'm trying to say is that Nagy has an as a over 500 record which I would say less than half of the NFL coaches have right I, I would say a bit yeah. less. I mean, I'm not saying we don't have an average coach. I'm just saying I'd like to have a great coach. No, no, no. What I'm, what I'm, my, my point about saying that is that people are still saying Nagy is a terrible coach. He should be fired for the fact that Nagy controls the offense, right? If we go into the Vikings game, Chris, um, Kirk Cousins throws four, ter- throws four interceptions, yet the Bears' offense scores two touchdowns, one of them being starting at the 20-yard line. Another, they start at the 50-yard line. And they, the offense throws two interceptions and looks stagnant. I think people are going to be begging for Nagy back, even if the Bears win. I think that Bill Lazor doesn't matter how well Bill Lazor does to bring this team to success. It all matters about how much Bill Lazor elevates the offense, not the team as a whole. Yeah, yeah, I know. I understand what you're saying. Um, so, yeah, and what's Nagy going to be doing while he's on the sideline? It's a great question. To be honest, I don't know, but we'll see it. And also, um, and then we can get back to Bears Titans briefly. David Montgomery has been ruled out for the game. What are your thoughts on which Bears running back is going to take over? Uh, if, that'll, if it'll have a big impact on the game? You know, we both think we shouldn't pay running backs, so do you think it'll matter? The four options are Ryan Nell, uh, who beats out in preseason, we both love, but has really love Ryan Nell. last game in trash time. Artavis Pierce, he's a Backup guy. He's been on the training camp. Lamar Miller, who they signed, who I think is interesting because he's actually played as a starting running back before. So I'd like that for him to be brought up. And then finally, Cordero Patterson has been the number two guy this season, but hasn't been super great. Uh, I think the experiment with Cordero Patterson is kind of ending right now. I mean, I don't know in terms of the Bears, but I'd like it to be. I was excited. I thought he'd be doing well, but he's not super great. So... I honestly think that with this rotation, the Bears kind of have everything, right? I'm not saying that this is a good rotation. It's far from it. But the Bears have everything to be a rotation. They have the speed in Artivis Pierce. 
They kind of have a actually a speedy level. guy. Do you know that? What? Do you actually know he's a speedy guy? I'm pretty sure. Let me see this. And then, but you can go on with what you were saying. Um, sorry, I'm looking up his 40 yard dash. It's fine. Kind of funny. He's a fast guy. He ran a four 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 seven 40 yard dash. That's pretty fast. It's not bad. All right. I would say he's more of a speedster, right? Then you have Ryan now, who's more of like a big back. Then you have, um, what's his name? Patterson, who's more of like, uh, what's it called? Like, Art- Artavis Pierce is like the Tariq Cohen. Ryan now is like the goal line running back. Cordero Patterson is the receiving back. And Lamar Miller is like the every down back. I mean, yeah, I guess so. But if you have an every down back, would you really need the, those three other guys? No, but I mean, Lamar Miller, even though he's, and I don't mean every down back. I mean, like first down back. Okay, yeah. I'm just interested. Uh, what do you think? So you think Lamar Miller gets called up from practice squad for sure? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm fairly confident he'll be called up, but like... And ready, rank, and do you think Artavis Pierce gets called up? Yeah, Artavis Pierce will be playing. Okay, so now rank the four guys in, in uh, touches and how many touches they'll get. Touches? Or, or handoffs, first do handoffs, and then do how many touches? Um, Handoffs and then touches. You know what? Ryan now is number one. Wow, that's surprising. You think Ryan now gets more than Lamar Miller? I mean, think about it. After Montgomery got hurt, we didn't see Patterson at all. No, you that's know? true. I said I didn't say about Patterson. I think I said you think he gets more than Lamar Miller. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. it's not like Lamar Miller could have come in last game. He wasn't activated. So now that he's activated, he might be involved. We don't know. Yeah, but I what, what I'm trying to say is why wouldn't the Bears have activated Lamar Miller already instead of Ryan now? Well, he just got concussed. No, I mean, like, before the day. So maybe it'll take a bit, and then maybe he'll... I get it, but before the Titans game, the Bears put... The Bears had... Of course, they had the option of putting Ryan Nell on their practice squad and putting Lamar Miller on their... Oh, and also, I think um, Lamar Miller's getting over an ACL tear, so maybe they think they'll need a few more weeks. But that's, I guess that's also a reason why Ryan Nell would have the most handoffs. So anyway, so you think Ryan Nell gets the most handoffs. Is he impressive in that debut no, I'm sorry, no. When I watch Ryan now, I don't see anything that sticks out to me as being elite, right? Yeah. He can't he can't break tackles like Montgomery. He's not fast. And I mean, like, I mean, he might, like, gain, like, two yards to carry, maybe, I hope. I Yeah, we'll see. We will see. I don't know. I'm still excited somewhat just because it's a new face. I am excited. Um, I'm really rooting for okay, Ryan now. So then who gets the second most? Carries. Second Miller, Cordero, and um, Patterson, then Miller, then Pierce. That's interesting. Um, I don't even know if Lamar Miller gets playing time right now, just because of the injury. I think Pierce definitely gets like two carries or less. I don't know why. I just don't see him getting that many carries. Um, in terms of touches, I'd say Lamar Miller would probably get more touches anyway. Um, the sad thing is, is it probably a time when they need to throw more. I mean, the, the the Vikings have a bad passing defense, and now that they're without Montgomery, but this is also a time when they want to rely on the run because um, the throwing has been so inconsistent. So I don't know if the timing works out well or not. But um, so yeah, I expect Cordero Patterson to be more involved in the run game than now. Although Ryan now did not have a handoff last game, and he actually all of his yards and touchdowns came from receptions. So who knows? Maybe now can be more involved. But I'd say Cordero Patterson gets more touches than Al. 
um, and now gets more handoffs. But then again, I don't think either of them will be that big. Um, yeah, so let's talk about Titans Bears real quick. All right. You know what? Can I say something? The the Bears defense played such good football. Of course, they played remarkably good football. They had maybe two bad plays the entire game like in terms of allowing a first down or something like that. Of course, they've allowed more than two first downs, but there were two bad plays where – well, actually, no. They had one bad yeah, play. Yeah, the, the, the two times where A.J. Brown broke free, like he broke a few tackles, that was a bad play. But the touchdown catch was definitely not their fault. That was just a beautiful throw by Ryan Tannehill. Beautiful. And I watched that Bears game and I said, This is the worst offense I've ever seen ever. Like, oh my God, just atrocious. And and it's so bad. And you know what? Oh, they had a backup offensive line. Oh, they had this. But two weeks ago, I was saying the same thing. Last week, the three weeks ago, we're tired of excuses. I'm exactly, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Matt Nagy said, Matt Nagy, after they had like a fine game against like the Buccaneers offensively, Matt Nagy said something, Matt Nagy said something like, well, I'm happy with our offensive performance, but we need to clean up on so many little things. Yeah, but and it's not, I mean, I've heard a bunch of reporters say this the whole time. It's not something that you can just change in a week. I 100% agree, but it's like they're getting worse as time goes on. The Bears started off offensively and it felt like they were doing well with that first drive. I don't, honestly, I don't know if I'd say that. I don't even think they've had one full good game. Maybe the Panthers game, but aside from that, maybe the Panthers game. They weren't great in the fourth quarter, though. Um, drive, so drive. No, no. Yeah, drive. No, I'm just saying, I don't think any of their games, win or loss, has been a full complete. They played, played a good full four quarters, and that's incredibly concerning, aside from a bunch of other concerning things about this Bears team. Um yeah, and the thing about I also I've noticed at the start of both the Saints and the Titans game, I've been very excited. It looked like Nagy's doing good play calling. I think what Nagy has to start doing, and it looked like he's done it both. Uh, tell me if you noticed this too. In the Saints and Titans game, Nagy started calling these throws to the outside, which I love. I love on first down. It's a solid four to five yards. Because he has to start noticing um, the run game is just not working, especially maybe it's not working because of Nagy's play calling. Maybe it's not working to the offensive line. Either way, Nagy had to notice run game is not working. Okay? So the start of both the Saints and the Texans, no, Saints and the Titans game, they've done these throws to the outside that have gotten a solid four to five yards on first down. And that's led to two good uh, first down drives. Of course, a bunch of their drives have been backed up by penalties, which is another terrible part about this Bears team this year. But um, And then Nagy just seems to kind of abandon that or just do that a lot less throughout the game. I think the Bears seriously have to stop relying on the run as much until uh, this offensive line can prove itself or whatever isn't working or whatever factors aren't working in the run game uh, start to work because it's so in, uh, infuriating to just see drive withered wither away because um, you get stuffed on first down, now it's second and 10, you're kind of in a bad position. Uh, I understand the passing game isn't that much better, but I'll take up five yards on first down any day of the week over just getting stopped for two yards. I 100% agree. I think that running the ball is so important, but when you just can't produce anything, like they, were, point, like they were basically using those outside passes like run. I think that's a smart thing to do, but then Nagy just kind of abandoned that. Yeah. I mean, I really, really, really am interested to see this this game, but I'm also interested to see this offense. Like, very interested. 
they're without this game will show a lot of things, but this game will most importantly show how important Montgomery is to this offense. Yeah, of course. You never pay running back. I don't think it's that important because it's not like, I mean, unless there's an utter, utter collapse. And when I say utter collapse, we've seen a lot of offensive collapses. So I don't know how much lower it can go. Then it'll maybe prove something about Montgomery, but it's not like this offense is being and doing so well that there can be a serious drop-off. So, um, great. Ben, I don't really know if there's a way that it can prove that this offense is great. I have a question. It feels so, like the Bears' run game has gotten a lot better the past few weeks. They slowed down Mike Davis. I don't know if I agree with that. Really? Yeah. Has Montgomery had over 100 yards? Defense, defense, defense. Oh, defense. he said a run game. He said a run game, not run defense. Yeah, yeah definitely agree with run defense, Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. That's so now, okay, let's move on to Vikings because I know it's where you're going to get to with Tokyo yeah. Henry. So now I'll ask you my question about the Vikings. Dalvin Cook. The Bears have stopped Derrick Henry. Honestly, okay, they might have – they didn't really – in the receiving game, they didn't slow Kamara down. But in the run game, they kind of slowed Kamara down. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. They, they really slowed down Mike Davis. They really slowed down Derrick Henry. That was amazing. Completely slowed down Derrick Henry. He had one run of 29 yards in garbage time. And besides that, he would have got 30 yards. He had a 29-yard run. Wow. Yeah. And it wasn't even bad. It was like – the key makes miss a tackle, he would make 90% of the time. Yeah, but it's probably just because it's over. So, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, give me your question. I feel like Dalvin Cook is a different beast than Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's a power back, and he's, like, big, and the Bears oh, kind yeah, of work. definitely. Dalvin Cook's a juker, and hopefully we can stop him. But, yeah, so go on. Will the Bears be able to stop Dalvin Cook? Because if the Bears stop Dalvin Cook, I believe they will win handedly. If they don't, they will lose. I mean, yeah, that's kind of obvious. When Dalvin Cook does well, the Viking does well. That's one formula you can prove. I think Dalvin Cook gets over 100. Okay. I think, or do you think over under Dalvin Cook 100 rushing yards, rushing specifically? Um, over. I agree. Over under 150 yards under. for Dalvin Cook rushing. Under. under. I agree with that, too. I say he gets maybe around 120, 115, 125 in that range. Same thing. Uh, I think we'll get around 150 total yards, though, if not more, just because they run this entire offense through Dalvin Cook. He's a big receiving threat, too, especially through screen passes and things of that matter. But I think maybe we could slow him down to the level of Alvin Kamara. And although the Bears did lose that game against the Saints, the Vikings supporting cast is much worse than the Saints supporting cast. So... If, as long as Dalvin Cook doesn't do what he's done against the Lions and Packers, and I trust the Bears' defense more than those two defenses, then I think the Bears have got this game in the bag. But I don't want to say that, considering how bad they've been as of late. But again, like I said, Matt Nagy's won four straight games, all of his four games against the Vikings. Um, Bears have a good matchup. I think they match up well, because especially since this defense, run defenses look more polished. And yeah, it's, it's also Kirk Cousins on Monday night, so that's always a treat that is a treat it is and so you know score predictions score predictions well i want to keep talking about the bears for a few minutes i want to get yeah, yeah, no problem. juicy bears viking stuff right what's up so let's say the bears defense honestly when i watch the buccaneers the buccaneers bears game for some reason when i see like nighttime games bears defense comes in in soldier field and it's cold. It looks oh, like yeah. I've seen, I've seen all the quotes about how the Bears defense loves the pressure to be on them. No, but like that. when I see a cold game in Soldier Field, 
I just get a, an energy and a feeling of utter defensive dominance. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're thinking about Bears Rams specifically right now. Bears Rams, like Bears Vikings two years ago, like. Well, not this Bears Rams, of course. No, not this one. God, no, no. But Soldier Field, cold games at night. I feel like this is going to be a relatively cold game. It's going to be a night game. Soldier Field. I see this defense coming into this game, slowing Dalvin Cook down. Who will get an interception on Kirk Cousins if there is Oh, yeah. Okay, who will get an interception? Last time I was right about Deshaun Gibson. Great predict. No, not Gibson. Yeah, Deshaun Gibson, where he got it on the Panthers. Oh, yeah. We we interviewed Travis Gibson. My bad, my bad. Um, Deshaun Gibson. Who was my prediction for this time? Give me Eddie Jackson. Give me Eddie. Oh, I'm loving Eddie. I'm picking the safeties to get it. Eddie's been all over the place this year. Give me an Eddie Jackson pick six. Why not? Oh, yeah. yeah. I feel bad for Eddie. He hasn't had... Wait, did he get a pick six? No, fumble returns. No, what was the the six points they got? Rams. Rams. Who was that? Fumble. Fumble returns. Yeah, Eddie. Uh, You know what, Eddie? Eddie's been called back by penalties in some of the games. Benjamin. Benjamin, if you're going to have Eddie Jackson get an interception or just touch the ball in any sense on the defensive side, then he will get a touchdown, period. End of story. Why? Why? Every single time Eddie Jackson touched the ball, it's a touchdown. Can we just, like, put him at wide receiver and make our offense, like, the best? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, like, seriously, just- give me an Eddie Jackson pick six. At least Eddie Jackson pick. I love that guy. And I felt so bad for him lately or in the first few games because he – Nothing was going his way. He kept getting stuff called back. That was terrible. Or who you got? Who you got getting the interception? I'm going to give you something so weird. You're going to say Barkevious Mingo. No, Roquan Smith. It's not that weird. But Oh, like, Roquan Smith isn't that weird. Yeah. I mean, Roquan Smith has been all over the place. I see him forcing a fumble. There's a bunch of guys that get these forcing fumbles. Ben, you, know, you know what's funny? Roquan Smith, when you, when you watch him, like – you can't tell this, but I looked at this stat. Roquan Smith is the best cover linebacker in the NFL by a big margin right now. That's, he has been incredible. He better get a Pro Bowl, baby. I don't know if he will go, but he has been all over the place. Tackling all over the field. He, like, I think has it's he like, had a, Has he had a forced turnover, though, or an interception, though, this year? I'm not sure, but the, but thing, about, the thing about him is that I think he allowed, like, the lowest, like, I think he's allowed the lowest, like, quarterback rating for any, like, lowest quarterback rating for any linebacker in the NFL, like minimum, like 15 snaps or something. Like he's like um, allowing like the lowest completion percentage, like the lowest, this, like the least amount of yards. Like oh, yeah. he's all over the place. All these stats. He's so good. He's getting the tackles. It's going to pay off this game, but it's going to be a tipped ball. Tipped. Yeah. You know what? You know what? I can definitely see that. Definitely see that. Okay. Um, so give me your score prediction. I'm, I'm surprised we're this optimistic about the Bears. I guess we haven't talked about the Bears offense. Ben, so ben, let's, get this let's get this straight. I might be picking the Vikings to win. I'm not that optimistic. Really? Wow, wow, wow. No, I'm picking the Bears. I, I'm sorry. I don't know why. I just keep being optimistic. I've always picked the Bears. I'm really the more biased Bears fan than you. But No, that's not true. The Bears have never lost to the Vikings, and it's Vikings on Monday night. That kind of In the back of my head, I am. Right, give me your pick, though. Give me your pick. Okay. I want to pick the Bears, but every single time I feel like I pick the Bears, the Bears just do terrible. Yeah, you're just thinking about Bears Rams. Yeah, but I picked the Titans last week, right? 
Um, I believe you did because I picked the Bears. I didn't pick the Bears. That's right. Okay. So that that, that, that curse was so great at the start of the year when I was five and one picking the Bears. The, the only curse has been broken. Give me the Bears. That is what I wanted to say. I was worried about the curse. My my imaginary curse. I'm sorry, what? No, I was saying like I was like, oh, whenever I pick the Bears, they do badly. But I really oh, there you go. Curse has been broken. All right, give me the Bears too. Why are we so optimistic? I don't know. Uh, what's your score prediction, though? And I'm, I'm not going to try. Last time I picked, like, 27-24. I'm not going to try to um, act like the Bears have any good offense this, in this score prediction. So you give me your score. You know what I'm going to say? The Bears will get 17-10, to 10, but the Bears will be leading by 14 at one point in the game. Jesus. Okay, wow. Okay, okay, okay. Interesting. The Bears always start on hot. Soldier Field. That's actually not true, but whatever. Yeah. They didn't start off hot against the Lions. They didn't start off hot against... No, no, versus the Vikings. Versus the Vikings. Versus the Vikings. Oh, versus okay. the Vikings. Give me 20 to 13, Bears. All right. Now, I want to make a comment. I don't like PFF. Let's get it straight. But I this is the only metric Every I can use. Every single um, podcast you brought up PFF and said you don't you don't like it. Ben, 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 I ben, brought it up once because I don't like it. I truly don't like it. Benjamin. You like it, then you wouldn't bring it up. They go. Benjamin, I bring it up for only offensive linemen on the podcast. Okay, so then just say PFF is only good for alignment or whatever. I don't yes, know. Yes, it is. About. The, the starting guard for the Vikings, Drew Samia, has a 33.3 overall grade. I remember, like, Kyle Long one time had, like, a 30 overall grade, like, one game, and I was like, this is, like, the worst game I've ever seen. He's averaging a 33 grade. He's playing terrible. Uh-oh. player Drew Samia, I think he's, he's played the 68th most offensive snaps in the NFL, yet is sixth in penalties and tied for fourth in sacks allowed. He's not good. I think Nichols and Hicks are going to be – playing against him. Nichols has had a very solid season. I'm like Nick, I'm like me some Nichols. I I like some Nichols. I like a Bilal Nichols sack. Okay, cool. We done? I think we're done. Bear down, baby. Despite all this, bear down, bear down, bear down. All right. See you guys next time. Also tell me if my mic sounds any different. I've been playing around now. I'm standing up talking. So I hope it makes a difference, y'all. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of From the Den, please remember to comment or leave a review depending on your listening platform. Or if you're a Packers fan, remember to write some nasty reviews and comments. Thanks for listening and bear down.